What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. playoff time and the usual suspects are headed to vegas for the championship and our partner bet online is your number one source for football odds stats trends and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of gatorade bet online is the number one source for your championship wagering head to the bet online website today and get in on the action bet online where the game starts All right, folks, thanks for listening in. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast, where we talk about entertainment, media, and sports law topics. As always, appreciate you listening in and making us the top-rated entertainment, media, and sports law podcast in the world. We have a very interesting discussion today for, this is episode six for season six, And we'll be talking about some interesting uses of artificial intelligence in business. Now, this is a topic that we've talked about before, but there was an article that really uh, caught my eye in the uh, Hollywood Reporter, uh, which we'll dig into a little bit uh, in this podcast. But we'll also go beyond that and talk about some of the uses of AI and uh, some of the restrictions that I think would be good on the uses of AI. And as I may have talked about before, I have uh, taken on a role as chair of the uh, California Lawyers Association um, Task Force on Intellectual um, intellectual Property, Task Force on Artificial Intelligence. I guess uh, intellectual property is a part of that, but but yeah, the Task Force on Artificial Intelligence. And I've got some great professionals that I'm working with, folks that are uh, a lot smarter than me. And it's going to be a great opportunity to work through some of those things as we look at um, 
sort of how uh, the legal industry should be regulated, but also some sort of general principles that I think apply to everybody, like, you know, an AI bill of rights, when you're talking about sort of the human element and always making sure that humans are at the, the top of the proverbial food chain and, um, you know, that sort of thing. But we can get into that. But again, today's episode, we're talking about interesting uses of artificial intelligence in business. So specifically sort of drilling that down, looking at innovations in sort of entertainment, media, and sports, and what are some of the things that are being created and some of the things that are being used. So as we back up a little bit, you know, really since the introduction of uh, generative artificial intelligence or, or AI um, wasn't in public use, um, there's really always been sort of some creative uses of the technology to further, you know, business endeavors. And of course, before it was public through ChatGPT and the open source technology or open court uh, um, code, I should say, um, you know, that was released, you know, there's always been sort of innovations and I'm sure AI has been used by businesses for years, it's just that it's now more coming to light and more in the general use of things. But I'm sure some of these sort of smart companies have been using AI, particularly the ones that uh, are creating it and putting it into sort of software and platforms. And as a matter of fact, SAG-AFTRA and AMPTPs, uh, the, uh, obviously the Motion Picture Producers Group, when they negotiated their agreement, uh, which ended the work stoppage in Hollywood, it was really on the heels of this larger discussion about artificial intelligence and its use in the workplace. And of course, if you were to see that agreement, agreement would have you know clear provisions in there about limited use of AI in certain circumstances and production, limited use of AI, um, you know, in creating scripts and developing you know what film should be developed and that sort of thing. And it's sort of interesting. Uh, obviously, WGA, the Writers Guild, had uh, similar sort of questions and solutions in their agreement and. I think overall the, the parties were, were were fairly happy. But there's often been this question that circulated as to the morality and the ethics of AI and whether workforces, you know, people that have jobs uh, should be replaced um, and whether there should be some sort of AI bill of rights for humans and essentially sort of a pecking order and who controls and where. And this might seem premature, but ultimately... You know, the one thing we've learned about technology is that, you know, how much has changed really with the invention of the internet and how much has changed really in the last hundred years. I mean, heck, how about the last 10 years or five years? And you look at the way that we consume content and bring things together. You know, was it today? I, I read an article that came out pretty late uh, talking about uh, how Fox, ESPN, just controlled by Disney and Warner Brothers Discovery are going to be launching a um, sports um, focused streaming platform, which is something that would have been unheard of. But that being said, this is somewhat of a repeat of Hulu and the creation of Hulu, except on the sports side. So we'll sort of see how this goes. But uh, I think ultimately it's a win for consumers because they'll be able to watch sports uh, sort of in one, um, you know, one location. So I think that's really fantastic what they're trying to do. But this is sort of all these innovations, of course. And uh, of course, when it comes down to sort of AI, it's this idea of how much should AI control. And of course, 
anytime there's technology advancements, clearly people are going to lose jobs and jobs become, you know, obsolete, right? You know, so that the person who fixed, you know, wooden wheels on a wagon, you know, when a, when a car was invented, clearly that was really no longer as necessary, right? Things changed, people advanced. And I think that's the argument with AI. The difference with AI is that it has the potential um, really to um, overcome humans, meaning that, you know, normally it was like you create a technology that assists. And of course, that could still be the case with AI. But I think this is why there's such this large discussion because of the power of generative AI. And we'll kind of get into that in this podcast. So again, there's sort of these discussions occurring across the country as to the proper use of AI. I mentioned the task force that I serve on. Other bar associations are doing the same thing. Um, clearly, um, state governments, the President of the United States, are clearly talking about this issue and issuing regulations, uh, particularly the ones from the White House that talked about uh, this idea that uh, AI, you know, having some sort of approval process before it's released to the general public. Um, I don't know if that's the best solution. Uh, I think that ultimately technology needs to obviously go through a process, much like a drug does through uh, the FDA. Um, but I, I think the danger in that is that ultimately uh, giving the people access to technology should be you know, priority, particularly when it's safe. So that's going to be an interesting proposition as how that plays out. But I think lost in this discussion is this idea of how technology can really be fun and very efficient, right? And how it can change a lot of things. And it really creates an opportunity for things to be done that couldn't be done before, or they couldn't be done without a significant amount of time and energy and practice put into it. And one of these things that really caught my eye was this article in The Hollywood Reporter where... Uh, let me back up a little bit. One of the things that's really important in um, Hollywood is this idea of dubbing, right? So you're dubbing over a movie, right? So if, if a movie is made in Japanese, you want to be able to obviously um, either watch it in English or see the subtitles, right? And those are both a dubbing process. And this is all negotiated, by the way, in any sort of distribution deal and really prior to with the talent in terms of what's allowed, right? What languages can be done, whether it's a dubbing over or whether it's just, um, um, you know, subtitles or what have you. But this, so that's a really important piece, right? And it's a part of these entertainment contracts. And a lot of times there is some intellectual property issues because sometimes talent or the studio or what have you did not agree to certain translations. And this is not, most of the time it's because of, a situation of where a certain word can't be translated correctly, um, you know, or somebody disagrees with the way something is translated or the way that something is uh, sort of done. Oftentimes you hear about stories in China, for example, where certain parts of scenes are removed or certain things are removed because they're offensive to uh, the Chinese government, right? And so it's sort of an interesting um, dubbing has always been an interesting sort of overlooked piece of the entertainment business. So with that background, what's now happened is that AI has now created, obviously with human help, putting the inputs in, you know, obviously guiding it, whatever. Um, but it can now instantaneously dub any performance in over a hundred languages, dialects, and even the accents using the original voices with their nuances. I mean, this is, um, probably one of the, the most interesting things I've heard in a long time.
So this is something that I think raises not only an amazing opportunity, uh, and by the way, Major League Soccer and Tennis Australia have already um, signed up for this, and um, and so has uh, celebrity chef uh, Nick uh, DiGiovanni. And this is all in this Hollywood Reporter article, by the way. What's so fantastic about this is understanding how difficult it was to dub things in the past on the entertainment side. Now imagine on the sports side, let's say somebody in China listening to you know Al Michaels or something, or listening to Troy Aikman in a football game, but having that dubbing you know sort of been done in being done in Chinese or Korean or Japanese or German or French, you know or Italian, right? It's very interesting. In some sense, um, sort of in a joking way, you can think about uh, some of the memes and some of the things that might come out of um, sort of instant dubbing over certain performances, right? Uh, which also creates other issues, namely that despite this sort of huge advancement in technology, which is probably going to cost a lot of money, it's definitely also going to cost a few transcriber jobs or dubbing jobs that were there. Um, but it also, in one hand, does protect the original artist or the talent or producer in terms of if you have a sports broadcaster or even in television and film where you're basically securing in the way that something was meant to be presented, right? Assuming the dubbing is done correctly. Um, and of course, it's again a major part of the entertainment business in post-production and in distribution. But now this can be offered immediately, right? As a part of generative AI. Now, what's the problem with this? Well, on one hand, one of the major concerns is that... Um, Number one, the originator of the work, the talent, the producer, what have you, the owner of the work, the copyright, uh, whoever owns it through contract or whatever, is going to have to agree to use their voice through this AI software. That's number one. And there might be some people who don't agree to it. They're like, no, we don't want that. It also may be something that the studios and the streamers and networks require of their talent when they sign them up that they have to sign this over, which would seem more likely, uh, particularly if they're getting paid for this work, right? But it seems to me that two things have to be done to make this happen. Number one, a license from the talent um, to make sure that the use of the uh, the talent's work uh, is secured or that there's a waiver for copyrights and likeness, name, image, and likeness and all that. And then the second thing is that there's a written disclaimer for viewers on the screen stating that the specific content has been used um, through AI, been created through AI or adapted through AI. And this is probably something going to be akin to when you're watching a commercial, a car commercial, or you're watching any sort of commercial and you see the little small print at the bottom for advertising uh, or small print in general on any sort of broadcast or even in radio or in podcasting is there's going to be some sort of AI disclaimer. You know, this was created through AI. This was this sort of thing. But you're no different than you're watching a film and it says something like, this is based on a true story or... Um, you know, please don't try this at home, you know, safety disclaimers, this sort of thing. But to me, that's going to be an absolute must because there's this generative AI has so powerful that there's potential people wouldn't know the difference. Right. And that could be scary uh, in, in many ways in terms of deep fakes. And, and of course, people wanting to be heard the correct way. Um, I guess the argument would be that somebody would rather to be heard in their dialect in another language than otherwise. But I, I still think that's going to be somewhat um, 
I don't want to use the word awkward, but I think interesting when, for example, imagine having filmed yourself or somebody filming you in English and then all of a sudden or whatever language you speak and all of a sudden to hear that be uh, transcribed or dubbed back to you where it sounds just like you, but it's in a different language. It's fascinating, um, but also somewhat frightening at the same time, I think. Now, of course, AI you know, is also used by Spotify, Netflix, and others to determine likes and dislikes, for example. So um, essentially, AI is using or sort of measuring your taste and preferences to get you know better, to get, to get to know you better if you're watching on a platform. So for example, if you're listening to Spotify or Pandora, what have you, it'll be, okay, you listen to this song, let me suggest this song, or let me suggest uh, another, you know, listening, um, uh, another music list or set list. And then, uh, of course, not only does it suggest, but let's say you're listening to an album and it comes to an end, it'll usually start playing something that's similar to that, right? And it's been fascinating with Spotify because I've become, um, you know, I've always loved music, but in listening to, you know, streaming uh, on sort of music, you become much broader in your taste and you sort of, uh, you know, see more things, uh, hear more things, that sort of thing. And so, and of course, watching content, you know, uh, content on Netflix and other places does the same thing, gets to know who you are and it starts suggesting titles to you and content. Now, look, this is not done in some, you know, altruistic, you know, exercise. Spotify and Netflix are doing this, frankly, because they want you to stay on their platforms. That means more money, more advertising. It's it's just generally good for them when you stay on the platform. Obviously, they want to deliver a good service, too. Um, but this is sort of just the reality of, of, of the business. It means more views and dollars when you stay on the platform. The idea of sort of, you know, strolling and viewing is, is beneficial to them. Um and it sort of keeps folks happy and distracted, if you will. So, and I know on this podcast, we've talked about like uh, being conscientious about the fact of what content you're watching and, you know, and obviously when you're watching it and why you're watching it and, um, you know, not forgetting that sort of there's this outside world out there and you should be engaging with it as opposed to engaging with and engaging with people as opposed to, um, you know, uh, sitting in front of a screen the entire time, you know, often I'll take breaks or what have you, but, it's uh, it's it's just it's very interesting because we do spend a lot of our time in front of a in front of a screen, in a digital format. So it's a reminder to sort of get out there and experience. But now, of course, look uh, as we've talked about in this as a part of sort of the California Sports Lawyer column, and as we've talked about on this podcast, you know this issue has been addressed previously with the sort of the use of AI and where is it being used. But you know AI has been used to create music, it's been used to create movie scripts. It's been used to help make business decisions. If anything, I would make the comparison to say that generative AI is the equivalent of Moneyball and analytics and sports, but instead of humans using calculators and computers to run numbers on the possibility of outcomes for players' performance, combined with sort of traditional scouting techniques, it, it, generative AI has the ability to make human-like decisions with all of that aforementioned knowledge. And in a collective sense, not just from an individual. So that's how powerful that, you know, the, the generative AI can be. But again, I think I come back to this point every time. The question of AI will always come down to a balance. Because it won't be whether we're going to use AI. The question is going to be who uses it, who doesn't, and how effectively do they use it, right? But the, the balance is going to be 
where do you find the, the dividing line or the balance or what have you between the personalization and efficiency on the business improvement side that you get from AI versus the privacy issues, human directed and created innovation and protection of the like, right? So I think those those are the main issues at play. I think unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at this, in an environment driven by results in the bottom line, there's uncertainty as to whether humans will always keep on top of the proverbial food chain, right? Um, I, I think, frankly, it's it's going to take providence, the law, and humans to ensure that there's this guided future where AI is a tool. So, you know, using Hollywood references, we'd much rather have the situation with, like, let's say, Tony Stark and Iron Man with Jarvis and the assistance that Jarvis provided, obviously other than the massive takeover and the issues that caused in some of those movies, right? Um, uh, in in the, the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, as compared to, let's say, like Ready Player One movie or uh, Terminator, right? Where you have AI basically taking over and that sort of thing. In either circumstance, it, it sort of shows the pitfalls, right? And I think that's the concern is that AI can become too powerful and it's something that we clearly need to manage and overlook and be prepared for. So uh, again, folks, thanks for listening in. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. This is the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. Appreciate you making us the number one rated entertainment media and sports law podcast. Look forward to being back with you next week. And uh, this episode has been brought to you by uh, Bet Online. Thank you so much.